You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. We think today we've got an interesting discussion to share with you about stress and how it shows up for people. It, uh, it, and it doesn't all look the same. Barb recently put a post out on Facebook asking people to share their stress symptoms. And the results were super interesting. So Barb, can you share some more about what folks had to say? I was really excited about the engagement because I guess it's it's um, we live stress talk every single day but it's much more important to people than sometimes we know for and I think the the engagement was reflective of that one of the things that was really a particular interest were the different stress symptoms and behaviors that began to show up and they weren't all the kind that we normally talk about, you know, whether it's emotions about anger, there were a lot of different things. So people had symptoms that showed up as body pain and body unease. We had people who, you know, their thoughts were kind of jumbled in and it was a more of a struggle to get things done. And then we had some people show up and spoke about how some of the things that they experienced, behaviors, one person in particular, a friend of ours, talked about dropping things. And that was really interesting to me. And it really got me thinking because sometimes the things that are indicators of stress aren't ones that are quite as obvious as we might have thought. Yeah, it was interesting to me that these folks were so in tune with their body that they have this awareness because some of the things that were shared, they were very subtle as opposed to more overt. Yeah, it really caused me to pause and reflect on some of the things that I may have been overlooking as well of behaviors, just subtle kinds of things. And, and this one seems really insignificant, but really created a huge shift in me. So I've, for a number of years, I had these well-polished fingernails. I used to go every three or four weeks to get a manicure and I loved it. And of course, with you know, changing my career and being at home and gardening, I decided that that wasn't really as good a fit for me anymore. And just began to pay, you know, deal with my nails the way I dealt with them. They weren't, you know, they weren't terrible. But I noticed that over the last little while, I'd been picking at them more, and they became shorter and shorter. And when I was young, I used to actually chew them. And I really didn't like that feeling, but somehow wasn't able to break it. So I fast forward, I connected with somebody who had this new product um, that I can place on my fingernails, stays put for 
couple of weeks. It looks good no matter what I do. And lo and behold, that behavior stopped. And so I've really been watching to see if there's a new behavior that bubbles out because that one was really, you know, it was kind of one of those um, behaviors that was just occurring, but it was under the surface and I hadn't recognized. So I think, I think awareness is such a big factor for people to, um, you know, when, when we become aware, it's, it's a real opportunity to take control of the situation. Yeah, I think it's a really good opportunity to look beyond the obvious as well. So when Barb and I were talking about this nail biting thing, I recalled that, that I used to bite my nails down to the quick when I was a kid. I mean, I chewed until they almost bled. And my mom would say, stop that. Get your fingers out of your mouth. I'm going to put pepper on it. I could do all these things. So my mom was looking at a behavior, but she wasn't looking at the source of behavior. So we've shared before that adverse childhood experiences shape how you see stress and how you perceive stress and the behaviors that you exhibit when you're stressed. So for me as a kid, I bit my nails incessantly. There was lots of drama, lots of family discord in our house. And that was my way of regulating myself was biting on my nails. So we share that because oftentimes we don't look at those behaviors that have a root cause of stress. And we're trying to fix a kid or fix ourselves. And we're not really getting to that root cause. So the question for you to think about this week is what is happening in your life with behaviors or showing up physically or showing up in an emotional way that is rooted in stress that if you had some tools to change, you could do that. Total repositioning on how we think rather than treating something downstream, we're really looking at eliminating the source. So, so important because what I often see with people is if we, if we only respond to the symptom or behavior in the moment, which we can do, we, we can solve it for a little while. But what happens is when we get triggered again or feel big stress, we feel like we're right back to where we started. And so to have true relief and sustained relief, we really have to do a little bit of digging sometimes to see, you know, is there something in our past that may be getting in the way of us sustaining this new resilient person that we all want to be? When we talk about resilience, that definition means different things to different people. How would you describe resilience? Well, for me, it's about having the ability to respond to stress, actually taking the, taking the bounce. It doesn't mean that stress isn't going to happen because we're all living in a world right now with stress that looks different for each of us. And so, you know, it's not that we can, you know, go off and pretend that it's not happening. We just need to be able to have enough, um, 
enough in reserves to come back after a stressful situation and then have a purposeful practice that continues to build on those reserves so that the next incident, the next experience, we um, are able to respond versus perhaps react in a way that is likely to drain us even more. Yeah, I would agree to that. And to think that you're not, our, our stress response is designed to really save us in the event of an emergency. And what's happening right now is that that stress response is always activated and our body doesn't difference between a true emergency and one that's perceived. And when that last thing happens, sometimes that emergency is such a tiny little insignificant thing, but the or that happens from those stress chemicals, it can't be stopped because that's what's there to protect us. I loved at the beginning of the pandemic, I sat in on a webinar with somebody from Harvard and they talked about there were really um, two streams when it came to stress. There were stress um, experiences that we had control over and ones that we didn't. And, and so when we have control over a stress experience, what we can do is, you know, we might be able to make a list or take some action to actually shift that. Those experiences that we don't have control over, which for example, the pandemic, those solutions that we need to look to are really an inside job. And, you know, we are, have been trained all of our lives to look outside of us for solutions. And the truth is, you know, many times when we don't have control over a situation, the solutions are inside of us. And that's where the resilience um, and the resilience building really rests. So one of the questions that is asked often of us is, how do you measure how resilient you are? And how do you know what your baseline is so that you can improve that resilience? Harvey, you want to speak to that a little bit? Yes, I love that there are measurements because I often um, will work with someone and, you know, at the end of six, eight weeks, three months, we'll have a conversation and I'll reflect back to them um, some of the words that they may have used in the first session, you know, some of the demeanor and none of that even resonates with them anymore because that's not who they are. They've made some big, big shifts. And so there is a tool that both you and I are using. It's called the stress and well-being uh, assessment. And that is going to be great in helping us do a pre and a post or an interim look at where are we with our well-being um, based on a number of factors. Where are we with our stress situation? You know what? Because this will help us capture some of those things perhaps that we're not even really aware of. Some of those underlying conditions. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I love that. Um, so I took the stress and well-being assessment a couple of years ago, and then just recently retook it. And gosh, the numbers were the exact opposite. So even though I had been doing stress management education for a long time, the focus was more on meditation and downshifting the parasympathetic part of our nervous system, as opposed to the tools that increase well-being and increase what I would call my body's battery. And the difference was astounding. I mean, my stress levels were really low and my well-being levels were really high. And the first time I took it, it was the opposite. Even though I was managing stress, I still did not have the internal battery factor that I have now. So very interesting. Um, And oftentimes life throws stuff at you continually. I mean, you know, like you said, this is an active thing that you have to participate in. And a lot of people think that if I take a six week stress management class, I'm done. I don't ever have to manage stress again. Well, that's you really do have to manage it daily and to have those practices cemented that lead you through that. And I think it just demonstrates the difference between managing stress versus growing your well-being in such a much more positive way because you can measure it. Yes. And I, I think what's so important for people to realize that we're not talking hours a day to feel better. You know, we're talking minutes. And, and so, you know, I did a call early with someone today, you know, and her commitment to me was to practice 10 minutes a day you know, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. And, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to say that you can't eke out five minutes, a couple of times a day. And, and yet, some people that's really tough to get that consistency, but that's really where it's at. I know my world right now is experiencing all kinds of stress. It's, you know, just like everybody else. And so for probably the last month, I have really doubled down on the techniques, the tools that I have in my toolbox, because I know, you know, without them, I am going to run out of gas. And so, and, you know, I'm doing okay so far. I've, you know, I've still got energy in my battery. Ah, That's a good place to end this one on. If you would like more energy in your battery, please reach out to one of us. We would love to talk to you about the tools that we use every day to keep our battery really full and the quality of life that we're able to experience due to a full battery. Gosh, it's just, it's almost indescribable. And being that person who used to be stressed out, I mean, not that I don't have stress now, but to know that I can truly manage it and live my best life, it's a really big deal that we want to share. So for now, we'll say goodbye, and we will see you next time. See you. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.